to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. So this is week eight of the series one. We're looking at Mark's gospel, chapter one, verse 21 to 28. I think this is actually the longest passage we've actually done so far in this series. So Mark chapter one, verse 21. And they went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out in a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed So they question among themselves, saying, What is this? A teaching, a new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all surrounding regions of Galilee. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue. So Capernaum is like Peter's ends. It's like his bits, it's, it's like where he's grown up, it's a bit rough, it's a bit rough around the edges, it's a bit of a like crazy kind of place. Um, Peter's a pretty rough, ready to go kind of guy. Uh, and so he's just, they've just been called to follow him and now they're straight at Peter's kind of in my hometown, if we're gonna Alicia Keys it. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue, which is what they do. That's what they do on the Sabbath. We're here on a Sunday, we get together. That's what they do. On the Sabbath, you head to the synagogue and Jesus has taken over. He's hijacked it and he is teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one who had authority. Authority is always bred through like authenticity. It's about being authentic. It's about being consistent over time. So for example, say if we talked about say myself, we probably couldn't throw down the, the, the kind of statement that gets thrown down with Jesus there about this, this authority that as he's spoken, these things have kind of happened. If we were going to look at example today, we'd probably talk about the Donald. The Donald has a lot of fakeness about him. He can kind of, shots fired at his allies, sit with the guy who's been meddling with affairs in his country and BBFL, you know, best friends for life. Let's, let's do this. I mean, it's, it's a bit like you could look at him and you wouldn't be like going, oh wow, this guy has authority. You'd see him in there, no authenticity, not standing by anything he's ever said and just surrendering all the power over to Putin in in that kind of a moment. But we can see that in all different kind of angles, all different ways. You see, his words have action and they are in perfect tandem. It's when his actions and his words are in sync, they are synchronized and they are locked in that you get this kind of a statement. Like his synchronization is on fleek. Authority is found when word and deed are in perfect peace and harmony. The Jewish people would use that for a word, shalom. And the story unfolds as we look through the story, it kind of gives the reason for this authority that he has. It says that he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Not as the scribes is a, is a pretty cool thing. I think you and I spend a lot of energy trying to be as something we aspire to that we've already seen. We don't really try to reinvent ourselves. We don't really try to find an authentic kind of creative 
role in it. We see someone else do something and then we kind of want to just step into that lane, step over here, step over there. And so, I mean, we could look at this, this, this situation and say if we were like in Silicon Valley, not as the Zuckerbergs or not as the Musks, we could say, I guess for a lot of people in today's world, considering how much sway they have, which is insane because they don't do anything, we could say not as the Kardashians. You could say not as the Donald. You could say not as the Beyonce, not as the Obamas, not as the Ronaldos. Like we always just try and, and just be like a, a cheaper knockoff of something else. And, and the scribes, when it says not as the scribes, we see that as kind of like this little put down, but it's not a put down. Because what's happened in the, in the verses before this is we have a couple of guys who are fishermen in this rough town where Jesus was passing by through Galilee and he called them to follow him. Those guys are deadbeat guys. They are dead. They couldn't make it as scribes. They had aspirations to be scribes. One of them, two of them left their dad in the boat. Like, dad, the opportunity's come around again. I'm done, I'm gone, I'm gonna be a rabbi, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna judge his houses, see you later. Get straight out of the boat and goes to follow Jesus. And yet in the next thing, they're going towards something they've inspired for through an unconventional route. They're looking up to and respecting, and this next thing, the people are saying, not as the scribes. He's in his own lane. You see, you and I miss out on so much of the unique opportunities and the giftings that God has for us because we're too busy being focused on trying to be in someone else's lane, trying to be in someone else's shadow not having the confidence to step out into the uniqueness that maybe God has for us and trusting him that actually what he's calling us to be, maybe, just maybe, I want to suggest today, could potentially be better than just stepping into the straight and narrow, well-worn path that everyone's already done for success in that particular area. The scribes were respected people in the community. You'd aim to be like them. So although we see this first there, it's not a put down, it's more like a shock. This is totally different. And I guess for some people, it says that they were in the synagogue on the Sabbath, and it says that immediately this man had an unclean spirit. And, and for a lot of the guys who'd have been there, they'd probably been conversing with one another going, oh, oh, great, a guy with an evil spirit's here. Great, someone's got demonic possession. We know how this is gonna be. I just wanna let you know, if you haven't been here before, this is gonna take a while. Like, forget your lunch, it's gonna burn in the oven because we are not gonna be leaving this place for hours, hours. Like Jesus has a conversation, he has a moment and, and, and the spirit speaks out and says, we know who you are, you're Jesus of Nazareth, you're the Holy One of God, have you come to destroy us and all that kind of stuff. At that moment, you see, we think of like exorcism and deliverance being like a Catholic or a Pentecostal thing. Like they're the only two people that have ever done this. They're the only two people that have ever explored this. They're the only two people that have a complete monopoly over this. But actually rabbis were doing exorcisms for time. And they were actually quite honest about it. Sometimes the Catholics, they kind of talk about it a bit different. Like they, they don't have any failures. They've never had one where they haven't like kind of got it out, but they have. But like these rabbis, they'd spend like a whole day. They'd have this incense and nonsense and all other senses. They'd be burning. They'd be doing washings. They'd be doing things. They'd, they'd, they'd do pretty similar actually to some of the Pentecostal ministers Sally today that have done beatdowns to get things out. You know what I'm saying? Like messed up kind of stuff. And so in this moment when it, when it speaks, in this moment when it speaks out, they're expecting like there's gonna be a huge conversation. And actually for a lot of rabbis at the time, they would do what I would call like, say interview the vampire. I would say interview the vampire. They would sit down, they'd interview it. They wanna know its name. They wanna know its national insurance number, its bank account, its sort code. In the eventuality that actually, if I know more about this evil spirit and how this got here, then I would be able to get it out quicker. And you may have seen guys on TV showboating this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? They're just standing there all day, chatting and chatting and chatting and having all sorts of conversations with this evil spirit and all this kind of stuff. But Jesus doesn't do that. He has this moment where he literally says, be silent, 
which actually in the Greek, if you look at it, it has like this musical nuance to it. You can almost hear. It's like, if you don't know, it's Stormzy, tell a man shut up. <laughs> He's like, tell a demon shut up. Tell evil spirits shut up. Come on out. And then it's done. And so people would have left the synagogue and it said his fame spread throughout all Galilee because people would have gone home and it says to their boy, oh bro, you missed synagogue today. It was lit. They'd be like, what are you talking about? There's this evil spirit. Oh geez, you were there, for, you were there the whole day, right? No, 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 no. No, he, t- like, he just said, shut up, come on out. And it came on out. And the guy on the phone would be like, shut up. He'd go, no, seriously, that's what he said. He said, shut up. And it was, he deaded it like that and it was out. No way. You're gassing. I'm not gassing. Ask anyone who was there. He literally locked it off. He just said, shut up, come on out. And it came on out. And do you know what happened next? Like, the dude just threw himself on the floor, convulsing, rolling around, and started screaming. Man, I've seen that growing up in kind of Pentecostal charismatic souls so, so many times. I remember the first time I ever saw that, I was like 10 years of age. My parents had taken me to a new church in Croydon called New Life Christian Center. And they had a guy there called John Edwards, who's probably the greatest person I've ever seen when it comes to deliverance. This guy is an absolute legend. He's like no one else. He doesn't gas things up. He doesn't have these crazy long conversations in public. He doesn't make a spectacle of people. And he doesn't shout. I'm not kidding you, he doesn't shout. There's no, there's no shouting match. Like this thing could be knocking chairs flying, screaming all over the place. And he's not at the front shouting at it. He's not doing all sorts of stuff. He's calmly leaning over the side, this, this old man, white hair to the side, going, come on out now, in the name of Jesus. Come on out, come on out. And then sometimes he'd stop, because there's kids and there's adults there, he'd go, don't worry, brothers and sisters, this, this evil spirit's trying to make a, a scene out of our, our dear sister, and we're not gonna have it. We bind you now in Jesus' name, come on out. And that's it, just calmly says it, and then it's done, and it's over. And you watch him, and I remember being a kid, and I remember the first time seeing these chairs just fly through the air. And this person rolling around screaming. And I was absolutely bricking it. I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? And then he just stood at the front and just calmly put everyone at ease, explaining the situation. Man, I love that. And I love this about Jesus. You see, one of the things they used to do is they'd do interview of a vampire and they'd be getting all these details thinking, if I can find out one interesting thing about this thing, I'll get it out. I'll get it out real quick. And you see guys gassing up on TV, but Jesus is the opposite. Jesus is so, so smart. You know, there are two of my favorite ever stories that I managed to trail through loads of different rabbis that used to do this back in the day. And one of them, two of them were, the demon was behaving in a way that was beneficial for the community. I'm not even kidding you, beneficial. There was one where Caesar had a ruling against the Jewish people and then all of a sudden, like this, this ruling was overturned, this ruling was shifted, this ruling was changed. And when it changed and when it shifted, it meant that they wouldn't receive the persecution they were receiving. And as you think of that moment, like, oh wow, this, this demon's like, you know, he's, he's bang tidy. He's well all right. Like if it was you or I, here's the thing that happens to me, me and you. Anything goes well and goes our way. We just roll in it, we walk in it, we celebrate it, we thank God for it. It doesn't matter. We, it, like if a demon did it for us, we wouldn't really care. I'm not going to lie. Like we can gas ourselves up, but the way we are today, the way Christians are today, like they step out into the calling of God, it gets difficult, they're out of the calling of God. Oh, it's too hard. Definitely God wasn't in it. You know what I mean? That's it. And then if everything doesn't lay out in front of them and just roll out like a red carpet, it's not God. And when the red carpet rolls out, it doesn't matter if it's a demon. I'm striding down it. And I'm going to thank God the whole way down the red carpet. That's how people are. That's how people are. But this rabbi, I loved it. It said that Caesar had given a ruling that was in favor of the Jewish people. And he was like, I'm not having this. Come on out. And he exercised this demon. He cast it out. I was like, this guy's crazy. Now, if we look at this passage, actually something really interesting is happening. Something really, really clever. 
the first thing the demon says, it sees Jesus rocking up in the synagogue, Jesus is preaching, Jesus is having authority over situations. And this demon's like, man, I'm exposed out here. I'm about to get lit the heck up. So what am I going to do about it? What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. He's kind of like, hey, Jesus, listen, we can have a promotional deal here. I'll go around promoting the flyers and the leaflets. I'll go around telling people that you're the Messiah. I'll go around doing the whole promotional gig. Just don't kick me out here. Don't, don't throw me down. And then do you know what Jesus does? That's when he goes storms in. He goes, tell the demon, shut up. Come on out. He does something really clever. You see, Jesus has spent like 40 days in the wilderness being tempted by the devil and he's seen how the devil takes something which sounds so good of God's word and just twists it slightly to, which would lead to a catastrophic event where none of us could ever experience salvation where he could destroy what God is trying to do through Jesus Jesus as soon as the demon says this it says he rebuked him it's almost like he cut him off there and then he got to say the Holy One of God Jesus rebuked him and said be silent coming out of him and then the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out in a loud voice came out of him as a kid I'd see that in church and I'd be so so afraid at that moment person's convulsing over the floor they're screaming aloud and you'd just be thinking this is out of control like this guy on this platform does not know what he's doing this should not be happening this is how it is this doesn't seem like an all powerful God to me because look at this crazy situation it's all chaos it's all a mess and then I started to realise something you see your whole world changes when you become a dad I've seen this before I've seen this before every parent has seen this before as soon as a child hits two, as soon as a child hits two, there's a moment where the kid is going to throw themselves on the floor, they're going to convulse and roll around, and they're going to scream in a high-pitched voice. And do you know when that moment is? I'll tell you exactly when that moment is. It's when I, with all power, tell them that is not going to happen. Not now, not ever, no. And they have no authority, and because they have no authority, they fling themselves on the floor, they roll about all over the place, and they scream. And what this tells me, this tells me that this evil spirit has no authority because he's rolling around on the floor and he's screaming to high heavens. And that's a great, fantastic retelling of a story that happened then, but here's the retelling of your life and my life, our lives today. The retelling is this. Your life may be convulsing all over the place right now. Your life may be full of screams of fear and anxiety over certain situations that you're going through that are just crying out at you. Panic, 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 fear, 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 fear. Anxiety, 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 anxiety. And they're all designed to just make you be afraid and to lose faith. But actually what it is, it's a situation where the enemy has zero authority in your life, has zero power, and has no ability to influence or affect your life in any way than to try and make you afraid and make you and I make a bad decision out of fear. Man, I tell you what, when I started to look at this and I started to think, wow, I've seen this guy before. I've seen him in a two-year-old that has no authority in a situation. And then the people walked away and they were all amazed. So they questioned among themselves saying, what is this, a new teaching? with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And at once his fame spread throughout all of Galilee. A few weeks back, one of the things I was talking about was I was talking about, it wasn't even directly connected to it. It was the silent sermon. If you missed it, you can go to the City Hill blog and you can watch it on your phone and you can watch the video. It's not in the video section. It's only there. I didn't want it for everyone. And one of the things I talked about was I talked about 
deliverance. And I didn't even know it then, but I was prepping for this week because one of the things that we talked about, in the, I talked about in the video was I was saying that getting free is the easy part and that Jesus taught on this freedom and he warned people and he said, listen, it's like if you, if you are like a house or you have to bind the strong man and, and you cast him out, but then the house is there and if you leave the house empty, what happens is not only does he come back, he comes back with all his lads and it's worse than it ever was before. It's a madness. It goes crazy. And so what, he, so what, what happened is it's the case of not just getting that freedom, but it's about what you replace that freedom with. Because we're saved by grace, we're set free for good works. So it's not enough to just remove something and have the absence of it. You've got to replace it with something. And so when we look at this passage, what happens is if we have the different areas of our life at the moment that are convulsing, that are screaming out in a loud voice, like Jesus' deliverance is so, so quick. It's so easy. It's in a moment. He just tells a man, shut up and come out. And he, he shuts it down just like that it's done but the problem is if you and I don't build on that freedom and allow him to build upon it and to replace it with something we can end up in a far worse situation you see maybe some of the anxiety the fear the hatred the mental health the issues we're experiencing maybe not always some of that stuff can be all sorts of different reasons can be chemical reasons can be um, a, a number of different factors and can be depression things like that but I'm convinced that some of the stuff we're experiencing isn't about us and we aren't falling apart I think it's a case of an evil spirit or you could translate it if you wanted to as bad breath because numerous spirit so it's just a case of bad breath it's nothing to be scared about it's nothing to freak out about but I honestly believe we can experience a peace that Jesus gives us that isn't as the world gives it it's a totally different peace the scenario we're in doesn't all change doesn't all get the red carpet doesn't get all rolled out everything's still a madness but you have this absolute peace in the middle of it because you're free and you're whole and you're in right relationship you're in the shalom with God and I think maybe today the first thing that you and I need to do is just take a moment before I, I pray for us to, to prayerfully consider what do I need to replace in my life like to really think about it because getting set free is the easy easy thing in your life like if it's a if it's a just consistently bad habits, if, it, if it's a sinful situation, if it's a, um, abusive relationships and influences that people have over you, if it's all different types of shapes and forms, no matter what it is that you are experiencing that's convulsing in your life, that's screaming, being free is great, but you have to replace it with something better. So we're going to have a moment where we're just going to take a minute and we give everyone a minute, just silence and just sit, think, what is it? I need to replace or what do I need to fill the void if you're already in that void what do I need to build in my life that's going to really enhance and it help me to experience that freedom that God has for me Father God I thank you for your grace and your mercy towards each of us I thank you that you receive us exactly as we are I thank you that each one of us will be experiencing different situations in our lives when we think of evil spirits and things like that we get so many ideas and, and pictures and a lot of it fear-driven. But what we know from this passage is you have absolute authority and you don't mess about and you are in control and everything else is just immature, toddlerish behavior. And we just ask right now that in our situation, you would come and you would set us free. 
that you would deliver us, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that right now you can turn our entire lives around. In Jesus' name, amen. hope you enjoyed today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london